Hello and welcome to the Will Preach for Food podcast. Happy New Year. I'm Doug. I'm the pastor of Faith Lutheran Church based out of Shelton, Washington. We're a congregation of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. Faith Lutheran Church is a beloved, inclusive community. We're striving to grow closer to and more like Jesus. And we do this for the sake of the world. I invite you to learn more about faith at our website, www.faithshelton.org. And I want to thank you for making this podcast a part of your day. Start out by asking you, who are some people who taught you the most about life or faith? A parent, a boss, a teacher, an AA sponsor. Someone took an interest in you. Someone invested in you, helped you become the person you are today. I look back on my brother and my parents for sure. I think about Carlos at McDonald's, my first manager, or Jane, the director at Marcus Daily Hospice. I'm grateful to teachers and professors, wise members of congregations who took time for me. The Bible includes a relationship like this, a mentoring relationship. The mentor is the Apostle Paul. His protege is a young man named Timothy. Please open your Bible to 2 Timothy chapter 3, beginning at verse 14. Today I want to take some time looking at what Paul says and does to mentor Timothy in the faith. And I'll leave you with a couple of, of takeaways to apply this teaching to our life together in 2021. We start with the reading from 2 Timothy chapter 3. Paul writes, But as for you... Continue in what you have learned and what you have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you, keep your head in all situations. Endure a hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. For I'm already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. I've fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Here ends the reading. Let me share a couple of observations. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So the Apostle Paul, a missionary, theologian, pastor, 
and a mentor. In addition to his church starts in places like Rome and Corinth and Philippi, Paul also formed and maintained several mentoring relationships, including one protege named Timothy. So the best way to read 2 Timothy, and 1 Timothy for that matter, I think it's to approach it like Paul has sent Timothy a personal email. It's filled with practical advice, Paul's philosophy of leadership, and responses to Timothy regarding several ongoing conversations. Timothy finds it helpful, and he decides to post the entire letter on Facebook, and it goes viral. Eventually, the early church captures this document and includes it in a canon of letters and essays that form the basis for the theology and practice of the Christian church. The problem, of course, is that Paul wrote it as a personal letter. So the tone is a bit too familiar, too informal for a public venue. It assumes conversations to which we are not entirely privy it makes some personal comments about specific people that weren't really intended for larger audiences. But we know this, so now, 2,000 years later, we can read Paul's letter with a little bit of context, a little bit of grace, and a little bit of humility. And you can't read or understand this letter unless you realize just how much Paul has affection for Timothy. Paul is paternal in his, in his relationship with Timothy. Paul refers to Timothy as my son throughout these two letters. And here in, in verse 17, the translation here is servant of God, but really uh, the, the, the translation is man of God. And so you have Paul, uh, he's so proud of Timothy in this that throughout his relationship, he's referred to him as my son. But now in verse 17, the son has grown up and Paul refers to him as the man of God. The servant of God has everything that he needs. The next verses are Paul's advice to this beloved protege, this son who's now become a man. Never stop learning, keep an open mind and leave it all in the field. So the first part, continue in what you have learned, he says in verse 14. Timothy had grown up learning the Bible from his mother and his grandmother. Later, he had studied under Paul. Now Paul is telling him to keep on learning, keep on reading, keep on listening to the word of God, the Holy Scriptures. After all, Paul says the Bible is God-breathed. It's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Now, by the way, this passage is sometimes quoted as a sort of proof text for the inerrancy and infallibility of the Bible. Now, for the record, I'm all about the authority of Scripture, its truth, its revelation, its central role in my life and in the life of the church. The Bible is the Word of God. Here's one of the most important precepts for understanding the Word of God. It's to remember that the Bible says what it says. It does not say more than what it says, and it does not say less than what it says. The Bible says what it says. So for the record, the Bible itself does not say that it is inerrant or infallible. The Bible does say that it is inspired and useful. Useful for things like teaching the way of God, useful for rebuking, which is a 
fancy word for calling out injustice. It's useful for correcting misperceptions and bad theology. It's useful for training in righteousness, for teaching us how we're supposed to live. (laughs) And these are the very tasks that Paul gives Timothy to do. Preach the word of God, he says. What does that mean? Use the Bible to train people to be ready and prepared for anything. Use the Bible to identify and address misperceptions and bad theology. Use the Bible to call out bad behavior. Use the Bible to, to, to make sure that people remember that it is all gift. It is all grace. It is all God. And it is all good. See, Paul isn't trying to convince Timothy that the Bible is inerrant or infallible. He's reminding Timothy what Timothy already knows, that everything he needs for his ministry is right there in God's word. The same scriptures, the same stories he's been studying his whole life. So continue in what you have learned. You have everything you need to do your job. That's the first point. The Bible is all you need. But the second point, make sure that you keep an open mind, Paul says. Do not just associate with people who agree with you or your points of view. The time will come, Paul says, quote, when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths, unquote. Now notice that the threat here is not new ideas that challenge and sharpen faith. No, the threat that Paul lifts up, the temptation is to isolate yourself intellectually and spiritually. The temptation, the problem that Paul identifies is if you come up with your own ideas and then find evidence to support it. The problem is when you surround yourself with people who agree with you and who tell you what you want to hear and listen to what you want to say. One reason that Paul took to being a mentor is that it's one of the best ways to learn. A good student teaches a teacher just as much as the teacher teaches the student. And so Paul and Timothy wrestle with issues like women in ministry and the extent to which the Christian faith requires adherence to Jewish culture. They debate about worship practices, church administration, whether rich people go to hell. Paul teaches Timothy a lot about life, but Timothy teaches Paul too. There's a phrase in the Bible about iron sharpening iron. That's what a mentor and a protege do together. Timothy doesn't let Paul rest on his laurels. Sometimes Timothy uses Paul's own words to hold him accountable. When I was in college at the University of Northern Colorado, I studied political science. Dr. Bookman was one of my political philosophy professors. And in one class, in my readings one day, I found evidence that Thomas Jefferson was a Marxist. And I wrote the paper making my case, and I started to argue my point in class the next day when Dr. Bookman stopped. He stopped me and he said, Mr. Peterson... Do you really think that Thomas Jefferson was a Marxist? I started to, then I stopped. Well, 
No. Dr. Bookman taught me that just because there's evidence for something, it doesn't make it true. Iron sharpens iron. Paul is telling Timothy, reminding Timothy, we need each other to keep ourselves honest, to challenge our assumptions, to prevent us from chasing conspiracies and rabbit holes, to prevent us from getting that itchy ear syndrome. We see the itchy ear syndrome all the time these days. If you watch only Fox News or if you watch only MSNBC, you will only get one side of the story. And worse, if you only follow your social media streams, you will only get the part of the story that you want to hear. That's what these computer algorithms are all about. Algorithms cause and incubate itchy ear syndrome. Truth and sound doctrine, the Bible says, requires dialogues, open minds, wrestling with people and ideas with whom you disagree. Never stop learning. Keep an open mind. And the final point that Paul makes to Timothy is to leave it all out on the field. When it comes to ministry, there is a great cost involved. Paul says, for I am already being poured out like a drink offering. This is what Paul calls suffering for the gospel back in chapter one. Paul has given his whole life in service to the gospel. And he likens it to being poured out like a drink offering, tipping the cup into the searing flames, billowing smoke and steam and ash until the cup is empty, it's spent Nothing left but soot and steam. And that is what life of service in the kingdom of God feels like sometimes. It is not for the faint-hearted. And Paul wants to give Timothy this warning. This is Paul's example. And it's one that Paul learned from Jesus Christ himself. And fundamental to the Christian faith is the understanding that the way of love, the way of God, the way of maturity is the way of the cross. God put it all out there for us. And so we put it all out there for others. That's what Paul tells Timothy. I've given my whole life to serving God and sharing the gospel. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Couple things I think Paul wants to convey to Timothy just how important it is to work hard, leave it all out in the field. There's nothing better to do with your life than to give yourself in service to the gospel. I think Paul is also fishing for some encouragement too. Paul's tired in this letter. He's on the verge of being discouraged. And I think he knows that Timothy will hear that. And Timothy's going to respond with compassion and encouragement, even as much as Timothy hopefully will learn the lesson that it's all worth it. So the three takeaways, never stop learning, keep an open mind, and put it all out there. Some takeaways out of all this. First, recognizing that for thousands of years, the Holy Spirit has been working tirelessly 
to carry the gospel of Jesus Christ from generation to generation. Generations of Pauls and Timothys have passed the story on, one person, one faith at a time. Countless saints have sacrificed, striven, poured themselves out, even died, so that you and me, so that we might know and believe and be equipped with the gospel, that we may be compelled to pass on the story to the next generation. So the first thing I want to invite you to do is just think about someone who has taught, mentored, encouraged you, brought you to where you are now. And if you can, find a way to say thank you to that person. A prayer, a note, a phone call. It goes a long way. Second, uh, we still need each other. We still need as many mentors and protégés as we can come up with. We need each other to keep learning. We need each other to challenge and rebuke each other, to ward off that itchy ear syndrome. We need each other for moral support and encouragement. Invest in a Timothy. Find yourself a Paul. We have work to do, folks. This pandemic is still a thing. 2021 brings hope and a fresh start, but we're still months away from anything closer to normal. So we need each other and we need God's word uh, even more. So this, this year, I'm, I'm committed to getting back to the basics of the Christian faith. Um, we're, we've got a whole series uh, called By Heart, found some, some good resources. We're going to focus in on the catechism, the Ten Commandments, the Lord's Prayer, what it means to be a Christian. These things that many of us have learned from the time that we were young. We're going, to, we're going to reinvest ourselves. We're going to continue in what we first learned, just like Timothy did. And then we're going to share these resources with one another. We're going to sharp, iron is going to sharpen iron. We're going to teach these things to our kids. We're going to encourage one another. We're going to challenge each other with new ideas and with new understandings of the old text. That's my hope. That's my prayer for 2021. Thank you for listening to this week's We'll Preach for Food podcast. Uh, You can find out more about the life of faith at our website, www.faithshelton.org. Please subscribe to this podcast or our YouTube channel. You can like us on Facebook. Share this message with a friend. I want to thank Chaz and Emily for their technical assistance with this podcast. I want to thank you all people of faith for your partnership in the gospel. So thank a mentor. Keep on learning. Invest in a Timothy find a Paul. Folks, may God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine on you and be gracious to you. May God look upon you with favor and grant you peace. Hey, go Seahawks and have a great day.